0: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Tall Chief Cigars. We got a podcast, this is it.
1: Hey everybody, this is Carl. Welcome back to the Tall Chief Cigars Cigar Circle Podcast episode three. We've been off and running now for a few weeks and we've got you know some more news, some more uh, cigar reviews here. And an interview to bring to you this week. I'm joined, of course, as always, by my buddy and partner Dave. Dave, how you doing?
2: What's up, guys? So pumped to be back here. There is nothing better than rolling in on a freezing cold morning into a nice warm cigar lounge, sitting down next to your boy and lighting up a fine cigar. So I'm doing great right now, buddy.
1: Yeah. Awesome, dude. We got a lot to talk about this episode. Mm -hmm. We got some smokes of the week that we've had. That we can go over. We got some breaking news in the cigar industry that we're gonna talk about. Big news. I'm gonna try to figure out what Cigar Dave put in front of me in this little box here, and <laughs> we got a sweet interview with uh, Nick Goss, who is the sales rep in our area for a variety of different really cool brands that, you know, uh, really popular amongst guys who are kinda in the know. Nothing too, too mainstream, but just a lot of cool information, a lot of cool stories from Nick who's been kicking around the cigar industry for a super long time.
2: Yeah, a really cool dude. Uh, you know, if you guys have been hanging out in lounges in the Northeast at all, uh, you, you may have met Nick, but uh, you'll get a chance to meet him today. He's a cool guy. Looking forward to bringing that to you guys. And I'm also really excited to find out if Carl's gonna be able to figure out this uh, unbanded cigar today. You know, he's, uh, what it, I'll give you two for two. Last week, you you pretty much pulled it off you know, within a hair's breadth, I think that we can count that as a win. Um, so we'll we'll see if we can stump them this week.
1: Yeah, cool. So I'm going to crack this box open here. Anybody who is unfamiliar with our podcast, uh, Dave likes to pick out a cigar, take off the band, take off the label, put it in a box and hand it to me And over the course of the episode. And I'm going to smoke it, try to identify it. Maybe give you guys some insight on what it's like to pick things out about, like, uh, how to identify a cigar, what to look for as far as tasting notes in the variety of different wrappers that you might come across as you, you know, venture out into the cigar world. Um, And just kind of give you the experience of somebody who's been smoking these things for so long. Uh, What we taste, what we see, what we feel, observations you can make without even lighting up the cigar or cutting it. So looking at it, oh, boy. Okay.
2: Going a little different this week.
1: Cool. Okay, so this thing is like very dark and it looks like this is a perfect, you know what? It looks like five and a half. It's not quite a Toro. This is like a five and a half by 60. Interesting. The, the wrapper, extremely rough. It's like sandpaper wrapper. Mm. It's got like a really, oh man, yeah. Yeah, the roll is fantastic. Not a single seam on this thing and it is... I'm gonna love this cigar, I can already tell. I'm so excited Uh, for this. So I'm gonna cut this thing and light it, and kind of give you guys a couple ideas of what I'm tasting here in the early going, and then we're gonna hop into some breaking news.
2: Yeah, what Carl's gonna do, you know, and we've gone through this on previous episodes, right, but any time that you're trying a cigar for the first time, you wanna take your time with those first few minutes of feeling the cigar in your hand, really taking notice of the characteristics of the wrapper, giving it a touch to your tongue before you spark it up to see what kind of flavors you're getting out of it. You know, it's just part of the fun of the of the experience of a new cigar. And, uh, you know, doing it blind this way. Carl's got that reputation of being able to identify smokes just from smoking them, right? Because uh, he's the kind of dude who will smoke just about anything and he has smoked everything in this humidor. So we're going to put that reputation to the test again today. Carl, what are you what are you getting right now?
1: This cigar is just has a beautiful natural sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. So this is some kind of broadleaf cigar or Maduro cigar. Nice. Uh, the tobacco blend inside looks very dark. It looks it's almost consistent. I mean, there's a little bit of maybe no. For the most part, it's just very dark in there. The mm-hmm. roll is really nice. The draw seems good. The dry pull seems very good. And I just get like a like some kind of uh, there's a the natural sweet, and they, like some kind of fruity, like black cherry, mm. black cherry kind mm. of flavor. Um, not quite like a. Sometimes I taste fig a lot, but this is like a like a dark cherry kind of nice kind of note there. So I'm very excited to light this thing up. Uh, before we do that, I'm gonna get Dave started here with his opinion on this breaking news <laughs> in the cigar industry. Big stuff. So if you follow the hobby at any At any length, you know, if you stay current on like some Facebook pages or follow websites that do reporting like Half Wheel, uh, you would have seen yesterday morning that Alec Bradley Cigars was purchased by Scandinavian Tobacco Group, otherwise known as General Cigar. General Cigar is a holdings company that owns CAO, Macanudo, Cohiba, Punch, Sancho Panza. Those brands uh, all owned under this general cigar umbrella. They also own Forge Cigars, which is a kind of like a sub brand, and then they own Partagas, La Gloria Cubana, mm-hmm. Diesel, Chillin' Moose, Boulevard. Right. Uh, and then maybe oh El Rey Del Mundo. El Rey, yep. So this is this is the largest company in the cigar game. They're slowly expanding out. I know they bought room one oh one last year. Yeah. And now here they are with uh some of the biggest news I think since we started. I don't know if I can remember a time where you and I have been sitting here and we're just like, whoa. Yeah,
2: right. So yeah, the only thing that comes to mind maybe is like, um, like Hamlet leaving Rocky Patel cigars or something like that it was a pretty big deal when that happened. But this is huge. So yeah, this is from Halfwheel.com dot com right now. So Scandinavian t- Tobacco Group acquiring Alec Bradley for seventy two and a half million dollars. Right. Um, Alec Bradley, based in Fort Lauderdale, has a portfolio of more than two dozen active brands as well as cigar accessories. Notably, the company does not own any factories, instead uses factories in Honduras, Nicaragua, and the Dominican Republic to produce cigars, which is interesting. We'll get back to that. Um, continuing with the article here, though, uh, after selling his family's hardware business, Alan Rubin launched the company in 96. So just following the 1990s the sort of cigar boom. Um, Ruben named the company after his sons, Alec and Bradley, so that's where that name comes from. But, um, you know, as far as detailed information, no, you know, we don't, and really nobody has sort of any in depth knowledge of like re- how this is going to play out going forward. Um, I think it's really interesting that. Uh, within the last just couple of years Alec Bradley started using this Nicaraguan factory uh, and that the through that gained access to a bunch of new tobaccos and a lot of their newer stuff has had there've been a lot more like full like fuller body cigars um, coming through most notably that new double broadleaf was a nice full body cigar with with Nicaraguan tobaccos and um, you know so it just Makes me wonder what the what the future portfolio is going to look like. Are the are the the is the current portfolio going to change in any way? Um, you know, all of these things are details we just don't don't have. I would expect that uh, you know there will be some changes and that the brand isn't just going to move forward as it always has. Uh, but it's yeah, it's just interesting to wonder about. You know. And as details become available over the next months, um, you know, I'm sure that we'll find more out. You were saying that you were just talking to John yesterday, right? Yeah, What yeah. did he have to say about it?
1: So yesterday, John Troiano, who is our Alec Bradley rep, came in, uh, explained to me that uh, I hadn't heard the news till John came in at around 1, one right. thirty. And he asked me if I heard the news and I instantly was, no, what happened? <laughs> And he explained to me that it was announced that morning that Alec Bradley had been sold to Scandinavian Tobacco Group and they had received no real actual message from leadership. It was just go work, hmm. which I could understand. Um, John didn't really have too much to give me as right. far as like, are they keeping sales reps? Are they changing blends? What, is, what are the terms of the deal? All we know is that it was sold and it'll close next week. Last last day of February, the deal will close, and apparently there'll be a conference call uh, amongst the Alec Bradley, you know, staff, which is all stuff you'd expect, right? It's something like Earth Shattering. Mm-hmm. Um, and outside of that, there's been no violent or uh, no direction or or uh, anything else, really. Right. So they're kind of in a state of flux.
2: I would be really surprised if they started making huge changes to the brand itself or like claiming the brand for itself. Um, and I would also be surprised if they just sort of roll Alec Bradley cigars in just and throw them in alongside CAO, Macanudo. Oh yeah. And Alec Bradley also like, I, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to want to maintain the brand integrity, maintain the uh you know the the maintain the brand as a as a standalone source for awesome premium cigars it has a reputation and you don't want to squander that you know that's part of the value in that 70 whatever million dollars right
1: yeah i'd John and I were talking about it because obviously, you know, if our company got sold here, like we'd be very nervous, like what's going to mm-hmm. happen. So obviously John yeah. had his own questions and didn't really know the direction of things. And it seems like it can go one of three ways. And the first way is putting it under the general cigar umbrella where it's with CAO mm-hmm. and it's with Matt Canuto, and it's with Cohiba. Mm-hmm. And it's another name you could line up with all those brands and give it to the general cigar rep. And have them just sell it. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of things wrong with that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, I'd be really surprised if that's the approach they end up taking. But
1: right, it's like yeah. you and I see the general portfolio all the time. It's very vast. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of cigars to sell, and there's probably a lot of cigars that get ignored. Right. So, do you just give what? I, I mean, I counted yesterday, and there's like 27 different brands of. Of Alec Bradley cigars, or right. something along those lines. Right. Do you just give those to a general rep and say, "Okay, learn them all, figure out how to sell them, figure it out"? I don't know if that's necessarily the way forward. Right. And then we got to talking about, well, what if you give it to Forged, which also seems bad. It seems worse. That seems worse. Yeah. It seems worse. Yeah. Because, you know, Forged was launched a couple years ago as a way to kind of energize brick and mortar retailers. And give them, you know, special deals and special mm-hmm. brands, and uh, you know, just really put the focus back on getting the community kind of kickstarted again, especially after COVID, which is all well and good to say. And I love the cigars, but you know, there's not really too many. I, I mean, you know, there's there are brands that are great smokes in that in that portfolio, mm-hmm. but nothing that's you know on the level of like Cohiba, right, Macanudo, right, Cao. You know, the Glory Cubana is a great brand. Diesel's really has a lot of fans and mm-hmm. it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chillin' Moose is an excellent budget stick.
2: LaGloria is the one that I think that, st- that sticks out, I think, from that family, from that forged family. Um, as one with, like, so much legacy behind it. And just such a, you know, a big proven track record and a cult following. I mean, Diesel has that as well, but... Um, you know, La Gloria is in another sort of another price point and another level of prestige, I think. But Alec Bradley has, a, they have, you know, a, a huge portfolio and they have a lot going for reputation-wise. And I just think that the way that you, you know, the way that you move forward is to is to keep that all, keep that all moving the way it's been, and not try to sort of mix that up, to, you know. Uh, mix that up too far, they obviously see a ton of value in the brand, you know, as we as we, as we can see by the price tag. Um, and so I would think that they're just going to sort of take that value and run with it, you know.
1: It would seem to me that the, and I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, a businessman of that level, but you buy the company for seventy two point five million, and it's been reported that Alec Bradley's a twenty five million dollar company, right? So what's the quickest way to recoup that cost? Mm-hmm. If they made 25 million last year, it's gonna take them, what, two years and 10 months to make that seventy two and a half million back? Right. And uh, I think the quickest way to getting there is just throwing it on your, throwing that company onto yours, okay, everybody get yeah. out there and keep going. Keep going, you know? right. Plus, I mean, there are so many pre-existing relationships. I, yeah. could, I could say for us, like, mm-hmm. you know, we had John on the call, on the podcast last episode and now you know his company is experiencing something uh that nobody saw coming nobody that's yeah like yeah. in our position saw coming sure i feel like the quickest way to recoup that cost and continue to build the brand and also give people you know the continuity and the in the confidence that like nothing's going to change these are still the same sticks that you've been getting it's just where they you know where they come from has changed, you know?
2: Right. You know, on the the plus side here, maybe it's reasonable to expect that we might see some awesome new cigars (laughs) coming down the pipeline here once the dust settles
1: and they get back to work, uh, you know? I mean, it is conceivable. Like, Alec Bradley does have a lot of Honduran-based kind of cigars, and, you know, they have Matt Booth, who makes a lot of Honduran stuff, Mm -hmm. right? So you know, maybe there's a marriage there or something like that. I think the big fear people get is that they fear that the sticks are going to change, the blends are going to change, which I think is a really logical fear. Sure. Yep. You know, I Absolutely. just... There's so many question marks. Um, my biggest question to anybody, you know, listener or you, Dave, is do you think that it's good for one company to own such a large hmm. share of the cigars that are out there? Yeah. I can't really... I can't really say.
2: Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. And it you know, the first thing that comes to mind is like that comment that John made in that interview uh, uh in episode 2 was that he remembers when the industry before the cigar boom, when the industry was so small that it, there were 10 brands. Uh you know, there were 10 companies basically making everything that you could buy. And the industry has grown so much since then and diversified so much there are so many small companies getting in to the mix so many guys you know coming up with new blends and there's so many players and so this seems to be like a move in the opposite direction of that trend i suppose but you know giant conglomerates are gonna are gonna do what they do and and this is what they do i think so like it's not terribly surprising to see something like this happen of course we had no i you know nobody had any any inkling that something like this was coming with alec bradley in particular but this is the kind of thing that big companies do and and uh you know I don't know whether or not it's a good thing for the industry. I think that the, the overall trend toward more, more small companies, more boutique brands, like can only benefit the smoker, you know, the more variety, the more different brains and minds we've got creating new stuff for us to try the the bet, the more fun the hobby is going to be. So that is definitely true. And this seems to be like, uh, the opposite of that, I suppose. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah. So like, I, I don't love it. I don't love it. I guess if, if I'm being honest, I don't, but maybe we'll see a couple of, of new cigars come, come out of it. And, uh, so we'll have that to look forward to over the next year or so.
1: Yeah. I'm not really sure what I think the answer to the question is. I typically, I mean, I don't think monopolies are good. Sure. For anybody. And it's not a monopoly of course, but it does, like you say, cut down on the amount of minds and different, Mm -hmm. different people working on, you know, to get to the top. Right. So it's just, yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't love it. And uh, Scandinavian tobacco group is, you know, (laughs) they're big enough and they've got enough cool brands and, but they, they saw value in Alec Bradley. And so they're gonna, and, and Ruben was, was willing to take them up on it too. So I'm sure that he's not like being held at gunpoint to, to go through with this either. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting, but you know, so that's the news of the day right now. It's like, uh, I just walked in, (laughs) walked into it this morning. Carl's like, dude, (laughs) did you hear?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, John and I had a good talk yesterday and it was, uh, it's wild. uh, Yeah. It's just a, it's just a big, it's just a big state of of flux right now and they are at TPE Which is also weird. But anyway, I'm sure a lot more information is going to come out about this as the days and weeks go by. I mean, there's supposed to be some kind of conference call next week. Mm -hmm. The deal closes. And then we're kind of off and running. And, you know, as people who buy the cigars to sell to you guys, nothing has changed for us. Right. And I would expect, like, for a year at least, you know, nothing will change. Right. Which is good for all our friends at Alec Bradley, all the friends that we've made and the people we've met. And uh, you know, hopefully, it's just a just a bolt-on acquisition, like the statement said. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you never know how things go or what's said behind closed doors or whatever. But um, everybody at Alec Bradley that we've come into contact with has been just an A plus player. Yeah, super cool, super nice to us. Helped us out, and we hope that continues. And you know, our experience with General Cigar as uh, customers of theirs is that it probably will.
2: Yeah, I agree. You know, so uh, needless to say, we're going to continue to bring you guys updates as we get more information about this. For any, like, big-time Alec Bradley fans out there, uh, I wouldn't expect anything to change. Certainly not at Tall Chief Cigars. You'll still be able to get all your favorite Alec Bradleys here. Uh, and, you know, we'll update you guys as we get more information. Carl's uh, getting into the down into the second third on this thing, I think, or just about uh carl tell us tell us what you're what you're thinking so far of this mystery cigar,
1: yeah, okay, so a couple thoughts <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm at about one quarter one quarter one third in mm-hmm. this is a beautiful broadleaf maduro cigar. It's really nice, and that that uh black cherry kind of taste that I had from the dry pull is not existent in the smoke interesting, I would say. It's a little bit stronger than I thought, and the first couple lights, or the first couple poles were not as strong, and it definitely intensifies in the first third. Mm. Um, it tastes, to me, Dominican. I get like a woodiness, like an oaky kind of note from it. Um, but there is pepper with it too. Mm. And to me, that generally, I don't get that peppery taste ever from any Honduran smokes that I have it just doesn't taste Nicaraguan to me it's not very complex the smoke is not very thick um, it just doesn't have those characteristics to me in the first um, in the first quarter yeah my early guess my early guess is that it's an Ashton Maduro mm. um, but then again the size of it the size of it is is tripping me out I also feel like it could be a Macanudo Inspirado black Hmm. But that wouldn't kind of that really wouldn't fit well with the description that I gave right So I think I have to get a little bit deeper into it um, Before I can give a good guess, but I'm getting a lot of I'm getting some some black pepper some earth like a uh, a woodiness mm-hmm. so and that natural sweetness is like really Maybe it's because it's my first one of the day, but it's really coming through and I really like it and this is a cigar that I I would smoke regularly mm. but I can't quite pin down where I think it's from yet. It's interesting what you said about it intensifying
2: through the f- the first quarter, which is uh, you know, like it's cool and some and some cigars I've ha- I've had that experience with broadleaf maduros, uh, you know, um something dark like that. I've I more often though, find and you tell me if you find this as well that with a with a really dark Maduro like a like a San Andreas or a broadleaf, you that those first five pulls are very strong and it sort of mellows in it mellows into itself through that first quarter, first third.
1: That's been my experience yeah. too, which is why I have ruled out this being a San Andreas Maduro. Mm. So you take the first pull of a San Andreas Maduro or, you know, something like that, and then it just lets you know in the first ten pulls that mm-hmm. it's there. It's a kick in the teeth, yeah. and then it melts down into this like nice combination of flavor. Usually, mm-hmm. this one was kind of the opposite, which uh, should be it should make the cigar distinctive, but it doesn't. Mm. So, mm. yeah, I know. Cool. So, but I do. It's smooth. It's 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 smoother. It's it's a smoother kind of smoke mm-hmm. with a little bit of pepper. Nice. I wouldn't call it the most strong thing in the world but I would describe this to a customer as a medium and I do think it's Dominican I just get those notes that it's not full all the way full of power and I've never really had a full body Dominican cigar I can't really think of hmm. I can't really think of one like off off hand if I had to yeah
2: like, that there's something like that's that's like str- str- as strong or stronger than like it's Nicaraguan counterpart would be you know, yeah, I can't think of an example, um, but that's what that's what makes it fun to try Dominican Maduros and and you know and and other types of stuff too is they're all different like that. You
1: know. Yeah, so I'm gonna keep smoking this one and let you guys know my thoughts, but I'm I'm trying to narrow it down to things that I have. Uh, in the meantime, we're gonna throw it over to our other boy Dave. Check out his cigar of the week. Then when we come back, we'll tell you what we've been smoking this week.
2: Dominican Dave's cigar of
1: the week. Hey, this is Dominican Dave and this is my Cigar of the Week. I have a beautiful Oliva Millennial Series V. Smooth, beautiful ash, nice smoke. Come and try it. Just come here and enjoy us. Hey guys, welcome back to the Tall Chief Cigar Cigar Circle Podcast. We have a fantastic interview for you today. We are here with the one and only Nick Goss. Nick is a little bit of background on Nick. He's a cigar broker here in the Northeast. And uh, if you've been around the cigar industry for a minute or even been on the inside, uh, Nick's a guy you've probably seen before. I don't know if you heard him before, but you've definitely seen him before. (laughs) Um, I can remember our first interaction with Nick here at the world-famous Tall Chief Cigars Humidor back in around the summer of 2021. Uh, Nick's a Nick's a unique guy, and he represents a lot of brands. and We're gonna talk a little bit about those brands and just kind of his journey within the cigar industry because, you know, he's certainly got a inter- lot of interesting stories. So, uh, Nick, you're on the line how How is it going, man how How are things? I know you just got back from doing, a recent trip.
0: I'm doing well. Did you say unique or, or, or eunuch? I was just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can only confirm one.
1: One, one okay, unique good, guy. Good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Doing great, man. It, it, it's an honor to be on with you guys. You guys are doing it right. You know, it's. I, I look forward. Besides the food, I, you know, I, you'll find it, I'm an Oz man. The reason I go to Buffalo is for the food. But besides that, every time I go out to the western part of, of the state, you know, I always look forward to seeing you guys. You're, you're, you know what you're doing, and it shows
1: yeah man we absolutely love the brands that you uh that you are uh in charge of around here and you know you fill a very unique and interesting role in the Mm -hmm. industry for us here in the northeast and that is because you are a cigar broker now a lot of people aren't not going to know what that is um but i'd like to know like you know from your point of view like how'd you get in how did you get these brands to rep what brands do you even rep and and what's it all about
0: Sure. Well, let, let me start off. So I, I am I'm, I'm uh, one of those dirty, dirty cigar brokers. <laughs> um, it, it I find this a hard industry to get into. So I started working part time at a shop, and that turned into full time, and that turned into management. But when I left there, you know, you, you, you have all this knowledge. I was there for about a decade, you maintain, maintain all this knowledge, and, and I could have worked anywhere, but it's, it's a hard industry to get away from. So I said, you know let me let me throw my hat in the ring to try to become a cigar rep and I reached out to one of the companies and, and I was very naive at this point I, I there's a lot that I didn't even know about to know anything about um, but I reached out to, to one uh, a company and said hey you know I know you're looking for somebody I'd love to rep you and they said well that sounds great but we don't do in-house so if you're a cigar broker sure and at the time, I, I didn't know what the difference was either. Um, some companies will have what, what we refer to in the industry as an in-house rep, and that person only reps that line of cigars, they're, they're an employee of the company, and, and they, they have their, their, own, their own territory. They, they draw a salary, I'm sure there's a little bit of a base structure um, for sales or whatnot, incentives. I'm, uh, I'm an independent sales broker, so I represent multiple companies. And I don't draw a salary from them. I'm not not a paid employee, um, but I'm their um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm their direct sales representative for for the territory, which my ter- my territory is the Northeast, so New England and, and upstate New York, all the all the way out to you guys.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a different kind of you know it's a different kind of position obviously from the from like you said the inside sales representatives who who only you know they they work for their guys and are paid employees of that company so tell us first nick like what which companies you're repping today
0: so so i'm lucky enough I, i i rep some of the the oldest boutique companies in the industry some of the newer boutique companies and some of the fastest growing Um, Hmm. The companies I currently represent is I do Foundation, Illusion, Mm -hmm. Espinosa, Black Label, Black Works, and Cavalier. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that's a pretty cool list right there for guys who who are in on boutique cigars, like guys who know that's a pretty cool list.
0: I'll tell you what makes it cooler. When I first started this, leaving retail, as you guys know, the retail world is a grind. I was doing 70 hours a week. And when I left, my friend said to me, listen, you now have the opportunity to choose who you work with. So you should work with people that are good people and that are a pleasure to work with. So not not only are they uh, significant names in the industry, but all of them are sincerely just really good people to work with.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's really cool. I happen to be uh, puffing on a Espinoza 601 Maduro at the moment. Uh, Carl and I have a, have a, a, a long history with this cigar. Like we both share a very fond cigar memory with this one. It's, uh, you know, one of our favorite smokes. In fact, we put it on the tall chief top sticks, top 25 of the year last year at number two, uh, just awesome. Yeah, fantastic cigar from Espinosa.
0: No normally normally when people call me number two, it's not a compliment. I will <laughs> take that as a compliment.
1: That's a cigar
0: that, yeah, that uh
1: yeah. anybody who knows me and Dave and uh, how far back our friendship goes, mm-hmm. uh, there was a period of time where Dave and I lived together and yeah. to commemorate the uh the moving in process, <laughs> I ended up buying a box of six oh one Maduro mm-hmm. Robusto. Yeah. So that we could enjoy them on the front porch. And uh, man, I think we might have smoked through those. I think you moved in in March and I think by April we yeah, were they kinda were dry. Done. We yeah. were done. They were yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah. Nick out of uh I just want to talk to you a little bit briefly about each of the different brands right. you have and if there was a couple of different things to know or like what would you for the for the brands that you represent here in our store, we have Espinosa and we, we have Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um what is somebody who hasn't really had any experience with those brands, what is something they're going to want to know about those two in particular, Espinosa and Foundation? I'd, say, I'd ask.
0: So, so with, with Espinoza, Espinosa has been doing it what's, what seems like forever. What I love about Espinoza is they have their own factory. It's called Pozona. It's in Esteli, Nicaragua. And these guys, they were one of the first ones to really embrace social media. So they have a big following and every year what they do based off just simply the social media, they invite people um, down to their warehouse in, in Miami. They have this big thing every year called the Zona Palooza. and they're the most down to earth guys in the world. It, it's pretty much just this big barbecue hangout cookout for like two or three days. And I mean, Eric, Eric Espinosa has done every job in the industry. He's a wealth of knowledge. He's been the guy that sweeps the floor. He's owned a shop. He's been a rep. He's been a broker. Now he owns his own company. He owns his own factory. Uh, He's just a great guy. You know, most people I wouldn't want to be trapped in an elevator with, but I can promise you if that happened to me, and our guest knows I would leave that elevator being much more, you know, having fun. Having learned more from him than I mean, the guy's probably forgotten his whole life, but for God's sakes, he, he's just, just just a wealth. Um, with Foundation, what I love about Foundation is these guys are true local cigar nerds. <laughs> Nick Melillo, the owner, he, he was Jewish State's master blender for about, over a decade, I want to say, mm-hmm. but he's a Connecticut, uh, right in my backyard, Connecticut native. All you need to know about Nick Nick Melillo is that he told me once, you know, it would be easier, probably even more efficient and better in every way if I put my home office down in Miami like everyone else's. <laughs> but that's not me. I'm from Connecticut. I want my office to be an active tobacco farm. And they just built this beautiful this beautiful office in Ellington. They're going to start opening it up uh, to tours in the, in the coming years. He views the Connecticut River Valley. He says there's no reason that that shouldn't be to tobacco in this country, what, what Napa Valley is to wine. I think they had him on, a, on a, a radio podcast a few years ago talking about the, the history, the history of the Connecticut River Valley and tobacco. And he sat down and he said, all right, well, starting at uh, 3 million B.C. And everyone just kind of groaned because <laughs> they knew it was going to be like two hours. of <laughs> <laughs> but great great people great products just it, it makes my job easy
2: yeah that's really cool the uh we we were actually hanging out with you nick uh, uh a week or two ago and we were having this conversation uh yourself and eduardo where it was also here with you and we were yes. talking about uh that that premise of establishing the connecticut river valley as the 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 birthplace of American tobacco and like, you know, you know, establishing that spot as the spot that that comes into your mind when you think of when you think of cigars in America. You know, Um, I think that's such a cool idea. Yeah.
0: And it it was pretty eye opening. I know when you reach out to a lot of the the local Connecticut politicians, a lot of them had no idea. Right. You know, we take it for granted because because we're in the industry and this is what we love. So we accumulate this information without even realizing that. it's not public knowledge. But he really brought a lot of attention to a lot to the local politicians, mm-hmm. and th- th- they didn't know. They didn't even know that they used to grow tobacco in Connecticut, which they still do, for God's sake. So I don't know how how these guys didn't realize it, but right. it's it's really starting to take a turn for the good, which is good to see.
2: That's really cool. I think probably a lot of a lot of just like your your everyday cigar smokers may not even be aware of that rich history as well. You know, Um, so that's that's a cool project to be involved in. So let's let's then talk about like with with these brands, uh, you know, with Espinoza Foundation, like, is there anything that you can maybe Draw back the curtain for us and let us know anything exciting that might be coming up that we should be looking out for, anything like that?
0: Espinosa is always coming out with new stuff, but they like to play it close to the belt. Yeah. So I can tell you, I would be very surprised if they didn't have anything new. Um, maybe even at this upcoming trade show, certainly at the PCA coming up uh, this summer. But with them, it's, it's usually a phone call it's, hey, this just landed. We have this in this size. This is new. And it's just, just hit the ground running. Foundation, they, they don't let me peek behind the curtain so much. Right. But I can tell you from my experience with them, when they, lately they've been coming out with um, newer products to help support their, their current products. So mm-hmm. they're friendly to the retailers. If, if you have, let's, let's say, we'll go back to, to last year, Let's say you have the, the wise man Toro Huaco on your the shelf. They wanna not just sell that to you, but also help you sell that. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna come out with new products which, which do that. They came out with, um, in the past year, the, the Macho Raton, which was a new 12-count box, uh, limited short perfecto sizes. So I, I would, of no previous knowledge or not peeking behind the curtain at all, my own theory is if you see new stuff coming out, it's going to be stuff based off some of the core line.
2: Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. Nick, we we So live. that's
0: exciting. I can tell you that this year, Black Label, um, this is their 10th anniversary. So they're going to be pulling out all the stops with a whole bunch of new stuff, um, which will be announced all at the TPE trade show uh, next week, actually. Shoot, it's coming up quick. Um, Illusion is currently um, rebranding, so they're taking the Singulare, and I think they're, they're um, releasing that. That's going to be all redone, new packages. They're doing that with all the core line. There's going to be some new sizes in there. It's really an exciting time for, for Illusion as well. And I just got, um, I just got back from Cavalier. These guys have to expand their factory now for the second time in like a year and a half. They've got um I I can let I can let this one out because I think this one's public knowledge I'm hoping no one cuts off my hands, <laughs> but they have a cigar called the three delinquents coming out it's gonna be in three wrappers. that's gonna be new at the pCA there's gonna be another new cigar and a couple a couple limiteds coming out this year for them as well so they're they're going all all pistons pumping
1: so much stuff in the pipeline for you Nick and it i I've always thought it was so neat how you have uh, you it seems to me from my point of view that you have such an eye for these brands that are just going to be expanding and growing and kind of catching the attention of people outside of their you know the normal run-of-the-mill choices like your you know your your legacy brands that have been around for 100 150 years or whatever or just the things that you see in every humidor so it's always been cool to kind of see how if you're coming around uh, I know Nick has something interesting or something flavorful or just something different that I haven't seen in a really long and time.
0: It, mm-hmm. and I like, it just stems back to, to working with people that, that are fun, that are creative, that are, that are good people to work with.
1: Yeah, I mean, what i that's important. I mean, that's kind of how we ended up here uh, yeah. and kind of how we've grown in, exactly. in uh, our personal journey in the cigar industry. I I think what I like about you the most, Nick, is that you're, to me, you're kind of a testament to uh, being your own brand, which -hmm. makes you very easy and fun to work with. Now, when I say that, I mean, uh, you know, you have a specific wardrobe, you have some specific branded, uh, you know, Nick Nick Goss merchandise that you can see in a lot of places from what I've seen uh, in the Northeast. So can you kind of tell us about the importance of like being your own brand?
0: I just have fun with it it's it's one of those things that you know I used to at, at my old job I used to say listen, the reason I do this is because I enjoy doing it now there there may come a day when I wake up and I no longer no longer having fun with it when that day comes i'm I'm gonna do something else so you know as long as all my bills are paid <laughs> go out and have fun when, when I when I work it it's not i, I I'm i almost feel guilty i don't even see it as work but i'm just sincerely having fun with, with, with doing it you know you come up with stickers and canvases and lunch boxes and and candles and all that It it is it, it's sincerely just because I, I think i'm i think it's a fun thing to do <laughs> i am I'm, I'm very grateful other people have kind of caught on and said shit you know i i want one of those now I go, into, I go into shops and they get excited for like the, the new stickers.
1: <laughs> yeah, or the new lunchbox.
0: Exactly, which is in the works. i, I <laughs> got to get the picture done for that, but nice. that's, that, that, that's going to be in the works.
2: Yeah, I mean, it looks, on the, it looks like on the outside, on Facebook, Instagram, like you're, you're having a, a ball, right? Uh, you just got back from Honduras, is that right?
0: That's correct, yeah. yeah I was out there, I was visiting the, the Cavalier factory.
2: Yeah, I mean, that is, that is just, that is so cool, you know? And yeah, so it de- it looks like, you know, you're the kind of dude who's like definitely having a good time, uh, and enjoys what he does. And in this business, uh, you know, like a, a lot, there's a, only a very few of us that are fortunate enough to have been able to find a way to make a living in the hobby that we love so much. Um, you know, so I was going to ask you, like, do you think is maybe a silly question, but did you choose the cigar industry, or did cigars choose you?
0: You know, that's a that, that's a hell of a question. Yeah. Um, a, a little bit of both. Sometimes I guess I, I know it's kind of a cop out answer, but uh, the reason I the reason I started working for a shop part time was because I like cigars. I even joked at the time, listen, you could even pay me in cigars for God's sakes. <laughs> and then it. it you become so entangled in it and entangled in a good way that it's, it's almost impossible to leave it. I mean, if I was to stop doing what I was doing and go manage a home Depot, for God's sakes, you know, the first time I showed up at nine Oh five and got screamed at and said nine o'clock, you know, I'd I'd be all done. It it almost ruins you to that. Now I don't think I could do anything else. (laughs) Right. We feel
1: the same way. Nick. Uh, We talk about that frequently here about how, like (laughs) In the beginning of this, when we started, you know, two years ago, Dave and I were doing completely separate things and completely separate, separate industries, it didn't work together, and just kind of punch the clock and go about our business, uh, you know, which has its own um, you know, uniquely unfulfilling kind of feeling to it. <laughs> and now it's like, well, we've been doing this for almost two years. We're having the time of our life. We're always trying to you know, make the business better with things like this or whatever, new brands. And we can't go back. We're done. Right. Like we're done. Right. It's this or nothing. How could so, you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Exactly what you mean. Like the idea of like not doing this anymore and then going to do like a data entry on a spreadsheet <laughs> somewhere is like what am I? What am I doing? Like, so I definitely get what you mean there.
0: And what's great about this industry is a lot of that's correlated in your success. You know, you're you're very excited. And that comes across to people, even even down to somebody walks in and you're showing them a cigar, they can tell that you're excited about it. Mm-hmm. It comes across in how proactive you guys have been in, in the cigar industry. It, it's it's good that it, it, it's I should say it's great to see that there's an industry where somebody's enthusiasm about it is correlated with, with how successful they are. That's yeah, a I great mean, point.
2: That's we're really
1: hungry. Cool. Yeah, yeah. We're hungry for it, and you know we love we love this hobby and all the great things that it's bought us and all the peace and tranquility that it could provide or in all the gatherings and the fun times too. And then coming across people like you or going to a trade show where there's hundreds of like-minded people in the same room. And we're all just experiencing the hobby and the craft and the artistry Mm -hmm. of this, that you don't really get a bird's eye view of until you're kind of involved. So, uh, we want to you know we thank it, you for it, for your enthusiasm It's such too. a great
0: industry uh you know everybody's in it selling cigars. Most people in it that sell cigars are pretty laid back people and, and it's such a small industry from the outside looking in it looks like a big industry. but from the inside like you said, if you go to that trade show, you know if the c i always said if the ceiling was to collapse on the PCA trade show, there would be no more cigar industry in the United States. that's how small it is.
1: It is certainly interesting how you just look around and you're like, I've seen that guy before. And it's like, oh, they came in one oh, yeah. time to try to sell us yeah. X or Y or right. something like that. Right. So, And then <laughs> the other cool part is that um, our first trade show was at TPE last year. And then at PCA, you know, uh, guys like Ricky or, you know, other guys, guys like you mm-hmm. will recognize mm-hmm. us and be like, hey, mm-hmm. Carl, yeah. Dave, yeah. Tall Chief, yeah. you know. And then yeah. you're like, whoa, like. We're in. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> exactly. It, it, it really is. I know it's cliche to say, it, but it really is a community.
1: It's been a beautiful journey for yeah. us, and it sounds like you um, to this point. So you've been involved for, what, 15 years, 20 years?
0: So so I, I've been in the industry for about 17 years. Um, I'm Last year, I celebrated my fifth year as, as a cigar broker. That's so awesome. I've done it. I've done it on... Not all aspects of it, but so you were right, in retail uh, for I, a while
2: too, then, huh?
0: It, it, exactly. Yeah. So, so I I still see myself as more retail than a rep because I've done that for, for twice as long. Right. But it but it helps me. I, I feel like it helps me in what I do now because I've had to run a shop. Uh, uh, you know, some some of the reps, and I'm not coming down on any anyone specific, but some of the reps who have never had to run a shop or some of the shops. So, so some of the the manufacturers that have never run a cigar shop, sometimes there's just this disconnect with it. They just don't they don't understand. Yeah, I mean you've seen they, they don't know what it's like to to
1: be you guys. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that's a long time, and you know, uh, it, it it does give you an advantage over I think you know other people as far as explaining to us how to sell something or how to market something. And in those 17 years, I'm sure you have so many good memories with cigars and people and cigars and tasting different cigars
0: and uh, absolutely even even looking back on it sometimes the bad memories seem like good memories for god's sakes <laughs>
1: the further removed you get from a bad' you know there's
0: the, the, there's the old saying that even even if you're having a bad day in the cigar industry you'll say well you know at least at least i'm not breaking rocks in july <laughs> we like
1: to we like to put a bow on all of our interviews by uh, asking our guests what their favorite cigar memory is or any memorable story or if if they were going to describe the the amount of fun they've had involved in the cigar industry what's your top story
0: or memory that you would share with people oh god the, let me think about that. is they're, they're all like old girlfriends right you remember <laughs> you remember the good things and the bad things about them all um, I'm trying to think
1: there's probably so many i mean we we've been here for a year and a half, and it's like we have a, we could already name probably five. of How piece. about this?
2: Let let's start with this. Let me ask you first: if you will will play Desert Island here, and if you could take off your 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 company badges for just a minute, You know, you could choose any cigar, you but you got a it's it's you got one cigar left for the rest of your life. You could only have one. What do you think it would be? Okay,
0: yeah. So, they <laughs> used to be, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of taking this, this. I'm kind of worming out here. Yeah. Because they no longer make this cigar.
2: Ah, uh, okay.
0: But they used to be a cigar. I don't know who made it. I think they were their own company. I, I'm probably even going to butcher the name, but it was called the Monte Pascual. <laughs> and it was a Brazilian Matafina Piro. Wow. These things, now this is 10 years ago. So I'm kind of dating myself, but these things were like five or six dollars. They weren't the most complex cigar in the world, but just, I had never had Matafina as a wrapper, binder, and filler. you right. And it it was just phenomenal. I, I Now, I'm biased because I love Brazilian Matafina, <laughs> but these things, you know, if you didn't know what you were in the mood for, that they, they did the job. If but you'd also look forward to the cigar, too. You'd say, oh, geez, that's by yourself, some of those left. It was just just lights out.
2: Wow, that's a cool answer. I've never seen a a, a cigar made entirely of Matafina before. Never.
0: Uh, I know Brazil was getting pretty tough on some of the taxes, and it was pretty popular for the politicians to be tough on tobacco. So so I think that that might have been what what led to them no longer being around, but it was just... Mm. You know, the the artwork on it was pretty basic. Um everything about this guy looked basic, but you smoked it, you're like, holy holy crap.
1: Nice. This the, is it. the best kind of branding. You know, like I know <laughs> exactly. you think I know Dave thinks automatically a padron. It's just yeah. here I am, yeah. smoke me. Yeah. You'll see. Yeah. Oh marketing? Nah. Yeah. yeah. Sales reps? Nah. <laughs> yeah. We don't need any of that. No bells and whistles, yeah. just a just a consistent, sweet experience every yeah. time. Yeah. So <laughs> manage to pick out a story for us or anything like that on top of your head
0: uh, I'm trying to think of I mean I know of cigar stories I'm, I'm trying to think of which ones I was involved in that wouldn't wind me up and wouldn't <laughs> have me end up in handcuffs here um,
2: <laughs> yeah just give us a, give a, us a good a, cigar a, some,
0: some okay uh, yeah, I'll tell you the story and this would only happen in the cigar industry because it's such a small industry okay one of my first ever trade shows. So I I think it was like my second or third year. We flew out to Las Vegas. I was in retail at the time. And like a bad movie, like a bad you know, TV show. Within four hours of being in Las Vegas, I'm talking to Wayne Newton. <laughs> and we got to have a cigar with Wayne Newton and he told us some stories and it was it, it was just like what is going just some of the surreal moments like huh where'd you run into him and you know if I was selling if I was selling air conditioners or had a job in HVAC I, I can't see myself meeting and having a cigar with Wayne Newton before I was landing in Las Vegas
1: just running him on the strip
0: just he was he was at he was at the trade show. I think one of the companies had brought him in, and we were there the, the day before. He's like, "Oh yeah, hey, hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, you want to have a cigar? Like,
1: yeah, of course. <laughs> what? Okay, sure.
0: All right, Wayne. And just hearing he told us a story about him, I I, I won't share it, but it was him and um, Bob Hope doing the, the USO show, and just to hear Wayne Newton telling old USO show stories was amazing.
1: That's incredible. That's yeah, this 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 hobby can take you just in so many <laughs> wild places. You know, like that's that's an oh, incredible yeah. story. Um the last question I have for you, Nick, just uh, just for our sports fans out there. Is Matt Jones the guy? <laughs> oh
0: god. I think I think everybody knows that from you know, we knew it two or three games before the announcers started bragging on them. But everyone I don't think Zappy's the guy either, but I'll tell you, Zappy's got some
1: He's got some uh, charisma behind yeah, him. He's, got, he's
0: got an energy. If if you watch if you watch the Patriots play offensively, they were dead. Now Zappy would go in and all of a sudden we had the spark. We had this energy. The plays might not have been that not much better, but but it looked like we were actually trying. And the last few games, I think, even the announcer I was watching the the, the panel. The, the four uh, broadcasters there, or whatever you call them, were like, yeah. You know, at this point, they really have to pull Mac. They got exactly, Zappi. And they were all agreeing with us. Mac Jones is definitely not the guy. Even his commercials are god-awful. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like he's reading off a script, and he, you know. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're jealous of people like, uh, like uh, the Super Bowl MVP that just makes doing commercials look easy.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. too many right. State Farm commercials. Well... <laughs> It's good to get it's good to get some insight from a from a dirty Patriots fan.
0: But where my territory, I will let you know where my territory expands out to Buffalo. I know you can and can't be both. But when the Patriots aren't in it, I'm rooting for Buffalo because this is my territory. I think I'm allowed. All right. Well, I've in that Josh case, I've had Josh Allen on my fantasy football team the past three years. You have so. to. It's a must. <laughs> in
1: that case, we'll get you a nice five thousand dollar order right after this uh, the end yeah. of this interview. So Sounds <laughs> fantastic.
0: Good answer he uh, uh he really likes mercy there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll find something for everybody so nick thank you so much man this was this has been a great interview uh, once again guys yeah, it's uh, been an
0: honor it's been a pleasure
1: yeah i mean if you're ever at any trade shows or anything like that or you're just you know kind of going around I, to brick and i'm mortars, going i'm going
0: to the TPE next week are you guys going to be down there
1: we're not going to be a TPE, but we are going to be a PCA, hopefully with a press badge. But we'll we'll try to build up a little bit more until then. Um, if everybody I'll, listening, I'll be
0: there. wear my poncho. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick Goss, cigar broker. Thank you so much for joining us, man. And we will uh, we will catch you soon. Okay, bud.
0: Gentlemen, thank you so much. Thanks, Nick.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the Tall Chief Cigar Cigar Circle Podcast. As always, it's Carl here with my buddy and business partner, Dave. What's up, guys? And I'm trying to figure out this cigar. I'm into the final third. I got it narrowed down to, I think, a couple choices, but it's kind of tripping me out a little bit. Um, You know, in the first segment, you heard me talk about Ashton Maduro. You heard me talk about um, a couple other cigars that it could be the Mac Inspirato Black. Um, I know it's a Dominican Broadleaf Cigar. I know that the size was really funky and weird. It looked looked like a 50 or a 49, which puts in my head that like it could be a CAO session. Mm. It's Dominican broadleaf cigar. Well, uh,
2: getting it narrowed down a little bit.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to narrow it down to some choices. Uh, I also thought it could be a bones, but it's a little bit, the size is a little bit too. It's not a bones just based on the size. Mm. And then, uh, you know, Macanudo Maduro crept into my mind. Um, so if I had to narrow it down to three choices, it would be the uh, the Mac Inspirado Black, the Mac Maduro, or hmm. huh, it's so tough. Or the or it could be an Ashton though. Or the Ashton Maduro. Yeah. So I am going to ask Dave for my for my hint as I smoke the uh, final third here. Hmm. Well, The hint that i was going to give is that this
2: particular cigar on the shelves here at tall chief um, has a it's 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 from a, a brand that has two wrappers uh its counterpart in in connecticut shade there's six sizes on the shelf six different sizes in its connecticut shade counterpart line and that's probably some information that uh, might give it away
1: i think i might have gotten it in my first couple of of guesses there but in the meantime while i kind of sort out my final answer i'm gonna let dave tell you about what he's tried out this week then i'll get into mine
2: cool so yeah some some awesome new cigars this week that that stuck out for me um the first one i'll tell you about was a surprise to me the sancho panza original i love a good mild cigar for breakfast you know i'm not a big breakfast guy sometimes i don't really eat in the morning and so i need to stick with something on the milder side for that first cigar of the day another reason is that i don't want to burn out my palate and prevent myself from fully experiencing the fuller body cigars that i'm sure to smoke later in the day We all know I'm going to get into those Maduro's as the day gets (laughs) on, right? So I don't want to burn out, and I chose I like to choose something nice and mild to start the day off. The Sancho Panza Original fit the bill. It was awesome, creamy, a little note of of cedar with this like sweet cream and some graham cracker to it. Hmm. Um, It was awesome. Uh, Primarily Honduran blend, Uh, again with that Ecuadorian Connecticut shade. It was yeah, it was great. Uh, so, so definitely try that one. The price point on this cigar is like phenomenal in here, uh, so you guys definitely should take advantage of that. I also had uh, a cigar that I went back to after a long hiatus. Um, we have Carl and I have a few friends that have really just been totally enamored with this cigar lately, and it it brought it back around into my into my memory, and so I decided to reach for it last week, and that was the A.J. Fernandez. New World Puro Especial. This cigar uh, underwent like a packaging change a a couple of years ago. Uh, Used to look a little different. And when they changed the band and the boxes and the color scheme and everything on the packaging, it seemed to me that the wrapper also got a lot darker. Uh, I'm not sure if the blend changed officially, but there's been some speculation about that. Not just with me and Carl here, but across the cigar community. Um, The New World Piro Especial, it's a really dark San Andreas Maduro and dark but smooth and full flavored. It was awesome. Uh, So definitely try that one too if you haven't. And then a notable release uh, since we last spoke with you guys, the new 2023 Punch Spring Roll showed up at at retail shops uh, in the last couple of weeks. So we got the chance to try that one out. This is a nice dark Sumatra, uh, darker than many Sumatra wrappers that that you'll that you'll see, uh, with maybe just a couple exceptions. But um, it's got this cool shaggy foot. The size on that cigar is awesome. It's like a mm, like a four and a half. Yeah, four and a half little short robusto with a shaggy foot, and uh, it comes in these cool Chinese takeout containers. You know, Punch is always on point with their with their cool funky branding and and packaging and stuff and this was no exception that cigar was really smooth and another like gem at less than six bucks a stick what do we have it at right now 580 there you go amazing amazing so definitely get in and try that one out while we've got them this is one of those hot releases from punch that is going to go quick um you know and and then might not come back around for a little while so so make sure you try the 2023 punch spring roll
1: yeah. It's great for this time of year too. You mm-hmm. know, we just got slapped with an ice storm last night right. and we're not out of the woods yet as far as winter goes. And, you know, if you need a dog walker, need a little garage partner, the punch spring roll is a really great way to get a ton of flavor Yeah, for, you know, a 30 minute experience. But, you, you know, you try that limited release, have something to talk about with the boys or the ladies that you smoke with. Yeah and uh, it's just a great experience for under six bucks. Yeah, perfect, full of them
2: perfect time of year for that release, you know, like uh, Punch just killing it again.
1: Yeah, yeah. we've been really into the Sancho Panza's lately too. Mm-hmm. Double Maduro and Natural, mm-hmm. just something for every part of the day, every palate. Just a, I wasn't really too excited about the rebrand and the re-release in the beginning, and I've really come around in the past two or three months on, on the three cigars they released, the other one being the Extra Fuerte, very full, Really spicy. Mm.
2: Yeah. So, what did you uh, what did you get into this week? Anything notable?
1: I got four things written down here. Nothing new. Um, just some old favorites that we've had here in the in the humidor here. The Cohiba Connecticut. I've been uh, smoking a lot of Cohibas lately, uh, mainly because it's just a cigar I wanted to learn a little bit more about. Because you know they've been around forever. They're the one cigar everybody knows, but at the same time I don't smoke that many of them. So mm. the Cohiba Connecticut, obviously you know non-Cuban, so it's Dominican, and we get a lot of. You know, we get a nice, thick, buttery smoke from that one with a little bit of wood, too, like a dried-out kind of wood mm. that I do like, um, which is kind of a textbook with a lot of Dominican cigars. I always get that note, kind of the cigar that I'm smoking now that I'm trying to figure out. It's the same principle. It's like a little bit of wood. That's kind of how I know it has some Dominican filler in there. Uh, Cohiba, Connecticut, price, you're going to pay the price for that one, generally around 13 14 15 bucks a stick. Uh, it's a luxury experience, not a cigar you're going to smoke every day. Uh, But one you're going to enjoy with a nice with a nice drink if you want to pair it with something that they're not going to fight for, uh, you know, fight for attention on your palate. Uh, Just a great experience there. So I've had plenty of those. The Alec Bradley Gatekeeper Mm. had that last night. Not a cigar I smoked a lot of. Right. Really full. A lot of fig notes in that one. Uh, Maybe a little bit of like black licorice toward the end. Some leather. Uh, It really surprised me. I'm not a big Alec Bradley guy. Um the one cigar I'll smoke from them often is the Magic Toast. Mm-hmm. Um but the gatekeeper, to me, it it's high up on the ranks of Alec Bradley smokes wow. just because it was it tasted like something I had it tasted new. You know, it didn't taste like, you know, I could oh, this tastes like this. It was no, it was kind of in a in a class of its own. So mm. I gave that one a world last night on the way home. That was pretty nice. nice. One of my favorite cigars of all time, probably in my personal top five, La Aroma de Cuba Mia More Reserva, in the Maximo size, which is like a slightly longer Robusto box press. Beautiful draw, tons of smoke. You get that, uh, you get that that power from this cigar right off the bat, and it stays throughout. This is like a four out of five on the scale as far as body goes. This is one of those stronger Dominicans that I mm. probably could have referenced earlier when we were talking about nice. them. Right. Uh, Just the best Aroma de Cuba, I think, that's in the entire line. Um, We have it in 660 and we have it in Robusto, but I always go for the shorter one just because I want to experience that flavor in that small package, really get a good concentrated kind of experience there, kind of figure out what the cigar is trying to give you. So I do like that. Last one, the Upman Connecticut Reserve, or the Upman Classic Connecticut, right? Right, right. Uh, this cigar I had in a grand Toro, it's like a fat Toro. It's like a 54 ring Toro, which is like how all the upman Toros kind of look. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a nice mild yet rich cigar. And I've gone back to this cigar a variety of times as I've tried to explore Connecticut's and, uh, just a good experience A nice, slow burn, uh, really nice, creamy flavor. Uh, again, I, I got some wood off that one too. It's been kind of a Dominican week for me which I guess is fitting if I could figure out this cigar, if it turns out this one's actually Dominican uh, in origin as well. But that's a great cigar. We have it in Robusto as well. So if you just need a nice coffee cigar, like that's gonna pair really well with whatever it is you're drinking with. But a nice, sweet, creamy coffee, mm-hmm. I think with that one is gonna be a, a, a nice pairing. Yeah,
2: I totally agree. I was just gonna say, like, I actually had an Utman Classic uh, a couple weeks ago with my morning cup of coffee and it. It was perfect, perfect mm-hmm. pairing.
1: Yeah. So I think the time has come for me to try to guess this cigar.
2: oh The moment of truth, guys. Here I, it is.
1: <laughs> I narrowed it down to three options earlier, and I'm going to stick with one of my picks, and I'm going to go ahead and guess that this is a Macanudo Maduro. Bam! Nailed, Nailed it? it. Nailed oh, it. shit. Yeah, cool.
2: Dude, you got it. He got it. He got it, he got it again. That's 3-0. Oh. Uh, yeah, this, this dude, he's got a reputation for a reason, man. <laughs> That's cool.
1: So... The, the the main thing to me on this one is the size. So the Mac Cafe line, the Mac Maduro line, they put out some very interesting sizes all the way from petite corona mm-hmm. up to your, you know, standard 660, gigantes. Um I'm looking at it in the beginning and it just looks like a toro that somebody missed a ring or two on. <laughs> you know, and it's just a weird funky size and it, to me is this the uh it's like a little bit bigger than. Is this like the Duke of York? Or? This is the Hyde Park. Hyde Park. Yeah, yeah,
2: the Hyde Park. They Macanudo. You know, they give they give cool, you know, funky names to the different sizes and and uh, they're sort of non standard sizes in the Cafe and Maduro lines. Um, and yeah, so I knew that this cigar in particular. I remember, uh, you know, if um, we're going back a few months, I guess, but uh, I remember you mentioning it to me that. You were so pleasantly surprised by the first Macanudo Maduro you had had in in a, in a while, and uh, so I went on and tried one the next day, and you know we compared notes, and so I thought that would be a good one to sort of go back into the memory banks for you know.
1: It's a beautiful cigar. I mean, I love the way it tastes. I've been kind of outside of this week. I'm not a very Dominican guy as far as you know my palate goes. Uh, it used to be, but I've changed since starting to work here. Uh, beautiful cigar, great experience. Like I said, medium mm-hmm. at most. Yeah. Your experience may vary. I haven't eaten that much today, and it's my first one of the day, so it's hitting a little bit harder than I think it mm. normally would. Also, the first one I smoked was in a six sixty, mm. which really spaces out that intensity and that flavor, as opposed to the Hyde Park size here, which is like a slightly longer robusto. Yeah. So that had a that had a part in it. But anyway, three and zero uh
2: wow <laughs> three and know oh, any and and you got the, the the blend part of it out of the way quite early right you knew it was connecticut broadleaf as soon as you took it out of the box it had that sandpaper you know that nice rough texture super dark looking um and so then you're sort of narrowing it down to you know just a couple of choices on the wrapper there um and you were able to to pick out the broadleaf wrapper then on On after getting into the first third, you're like, "Yeah, this is clearly Dominican, and uh you know from there, it was just a process of elimination, mm-hmm. and the size you know this is a note to to you guys out there too, like the size is just as much of a clue in this process as you know as the as the wrapper the blend the the flavors, and so on uh but it's a fun game to play,
1: yeah, so we'll keep it going next week we I'm sure we're going to have some things to look over. New cigars from TPE, which is going on right now. We're not there, but we will be at the PCA. So we'll go over Mm -hmm. some new stuff from that. We have a really cool interview lined up for you guys next week. Mm -hmm. And there's just more of our experience running a shop, smoking a ton of cigars, interacting with you guys, and some of the other initiatives that we're doing going into March. We have a really cool in-store promo for March that we're really excited to share next week. Be on the lookout for that. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media, at Tall Chief Cigars on Instagram. As always, find us here on the Tall Chief Cigar Circle podcast. Check us out on Facebook if you want more of a personal experience with us. Uh, Tall Chief Cigars at Native Pride on Facebook. And uh, TikTok at Tall Chief Cigars. We do it all. Yep, so.
2: We're doing it all. And you can also shop online at TallChiefCigars.com. There's also going to be links there to all of the platforms that Carl just mentioned. And yeah, get to 50 bucks, you'll get free shipping, guys. Like we'll send them to your house. Uh, so come, come see us there. You know, you can get get connected with us. Join the circle, baby. Join yeah. the circle. Tallchiefcigars.com. Thanks to Nick Goss also for making time for us this week. He's a cool dude, and we're very happy to bring that interview to you guys. So.
1: Yeah, so that's uh, that's episode three. That's it, man. Uh, for Dave, Dominican Dave, Canadian Dave. Regular Carl Uh, (laughs) The big dog That's episode three Thank you guys for tuning in with us We will catch you next time Later